0: Now, Now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan.
1: Ireland's classic hits radio.
0: We all love our animals. You all love your animals, don't you? Um, We saw last night when we asked whether it was okay for a woman to fall out with her sister over a cat Pebbles. Do you remember that story last night? Now, we did get some hilarious insights into her conundrum. But in all seriousness, the relationship many of us have with our pets is very special. And when we lose them, we can really get hurt. My next guest is an expert in pet grief and bereavement. And Julie Woods helps grieving pet parents after the death of their pet by using a blend of hypnotherapy and grief counselling. And I'm told she has some very interesting case studies. And she joins us. Julie, hi, how are you?
1: Hi now fine, thanks.
0: Julie, I, I didn't even think there was such thing as a pet grief and bereavement counsellor, but there is obviously. Um, And I didn't think it was a thing. I know people get so attached to their pets. They're like a member of the family. And I know how bad that grief can be for people. But I suppose it can be as bad as losing a child or losing a parent, can't it, for some?
1: Yeah, and I get lots of clients who feel guilty about that. And they, um, usually if it's to do with a parent or an aunt or uncle, and they they say they can't believe how much more upset they are when their pet dies. And I always say to them, well, how often did you see your parents or aunts or uncles? And they would like, so, you know, once every few weeks, something like that. And they say, well, how often did you see your pet? And they were there all the time, 24-7 through good times and bad times, and they didn't judge, yeah. all those kind of things. So yeah. it's natural that they're going to miss them more.
0: Because they're always around, yeah.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And is this... We spoke last night about an email from a woman whose sister comes over. They're in their 60s, and she's a cat woman. She has a cat. But every time the sister comes over, she insists the cat's put outside. And now she's, she's ta- thinking about not inviting her sister over anymore. And the amount of people who come on the air and said, get rid of your sister, keep the cat, right? It was, it was incredible that people think more of animals than they, do, than they do of human beings. But are cats or dogs missed more? Which do you think are missed more?
1: Um, I think you can be a cat person or a dog person. I think it's whichever pet you have in the house that you relate to, Mm. really. So I don't think it's one particular kind of animal that is missed more. Um, I have clients sometimes and they've had horses or they've had guinea pigs and things like that. So it's just whichever you form an attachment to, I think, rather than a specific kind of animal.
0: I, I can't imagine forming a huge relationship with my hamster or a guinea pig. I, I did that when I was a kid. I had hamsters and guinea pigs. But I can't uh, imagine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. your children, you do.
0: Oh, well, right. Okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 certainly with dogs, I can understand. And cats as well, because we had a cat passed away there last Valentine's. So we're in around that time. And so I can understand how that can be very difficult for people, because I know it was difficult for us. But I suppose the failure to deal with these emotions can lead to long-term problems, and that's why people come to you. So what sort of problems can it lead to?
1: Well, um, I started um, helping people in this area after I've been doing hypnotherapy a long time, and I noticed that people come into to me with other things, but then it all stemmed back to the death of a pet. And they thought they'd come to terms with it, and it might have been years ago or when they were little. And they... um. It, they just hadn't dealt with it they thought they had but they hadn't so for instance i had a client that came and she couldn't sleep and she kept saying to me you know i haven't had a good night's sleep in years and she just was really struggling to get off and then she would wake up in the night and there'd be thoughts going around in her head nothing to do with any of her pets or anything but when we went back and we looked when she was younger she'd had a dog, and this dog was, was quite ill, and had been backwards and forwards to the vets a number of times, and had a, operations where um, they'd had anesthetic, and the dog was come back. Uh, one day, my client was going off to school, and the mum said, look, just to let you know, we're gonna put um, Jess, I think is the dog's name was, yeah. take him to the vet, and he's gonna go, to, um, we're having him put to sleep. Oh, now, because my client was very young, she completely misunderstood that, and she expected the, the dog, Jeff, to be back home when she got home because he always had before. Mm. And because of that, and he didn't, and he, they had to explain that he died, and she was in such shock because she expected him to come back that she developed a fear of going to sleep because in her mind as a young child, going to sleep meant never waking up again okay. because that's what to Jeff. So she didn't actually come for the pet grief, but that's what it stemmed back to. Wow.
0: But, and I, can, um, I can understand how she correlated the two of those together. Yeah, that would be very easy to do, wouldn't it, to correlate the two together? I yeah, that. when
1: you're young. And I think people think they're being kind by saying, oh, you know, it's put to sleep. It sounds so much nicer than saying euthanized. Um, or people will say, sorry for your loss. But the thing was something that you lose you are always expecting it to come back again so there's part of your mind that that kind of always hopes that you'll see him again and perhaps in your dreams or, or you know different things mm. so language is really really important yeah. um when you're talking about what's happened to your animal on your pet
0: and is there a point that it's an unhealthy grief because i've seen people don't get me wrong and i do appreciate they become part of the family and i do appreciate how much people can miss them but sometimes I see it as being, with some people, a little bit over the top, a little bit unhealthy almost. You know, I, I've seen people, I, I got invited at one stage to a pet funeral where the, mm-hmm. they had a funeral in, like in a proper cemetery and then afterwards they had like, you know, back to a pub for, you know, soup and sandwiches and invited guests and eulogy said and all sorts of, and I, went, I know I didn't go, by the way, but because I felt it was just completely over the top. But is, is that not a little bit over the top?
1: Sometimes, it depends on your personality sometimes as to how much you express your grief. So, so with some personality types that you m- might just get one solitary tear and they keep it all in, which is not really very good. And you'll get some people who are, uh, will burst into tears every time someone mentions the animal's name. Um, and if you're not of that personality, it's very difficult to understand. But but the other thing to bear in mind is that it can bring back other grief from the past. Okay. So, but I had a client who came to see me um, and it was four pet grief and her dog had died and she'd had several dogs over the years and she'd been upset with all of them but there was this particular dog, the last one she had, and she just could not get over it and she didn't understand why. And during the session in the hypnosis it came out that um, actually she was grieving for a mum, and that had expressed herself through um when her dog died, so her mum had alzheimer 's and they'd kept her at home as long as possible the family and in the end it was she was just too dangerous to herself they had to to put her in a care home and My client thought that she'd come to terms with that um two weeks after the mum had gone into the home she passed away. Okay. And, again, everyone sort of agreed, well, you know, she was really ill and it, we couldn't keep her at home. And my client thought that, okay, she she had come to terms with it in the past. Yeah. And then a year later or so, a dog passes away. And all the grief and the guilt from her mum came absolutely roaring back. So she felt guilty about the dog dying, but all that guilt from her mum also Came back. It's a bit like a snowball going down the hill. So it starts off small, and then it picks up more and more snow, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So any kind of loss, like so, we we're talking about language, but even things like losing a job um, or a relationship, I, or the yeah, I know, could, and
0: I, I know how losing a job or changing your job sometimes even. um can be very unsettling and be very difficult for people because people have the security of knowing where they've worked for the last twenty years or whatever it is, and they're moving mm-hmm. on to something different and that can be very difficult for people to accept um what's the most unusual pet by the way you've heard of somebody been grieving over like you mentioned a well, horse, obviously a horse, but that's not unusual, I suppose a horse but
1: I had somebody that came to see me. Um, and it wasn't to do with pet grief. So this was one of my earlier clients where it was starting to sort of make me think, I wonder how many other people are out there like this? And they came to see me because they had massive trust issues. Okay. Okay, so bearing in mind what we're talking about, can you think why a goldfish would lead to a man having four marriages?
0: (laughs) No. I'm trying to think in my head, how can I connect the two? And... I, I, well, I imagine well, goldfishes don't bloody live long anyway. You, you end up replacing them all the time. So I, I suppose then it maybe it's something to do with replacing a goldfish. So you just replace your wife. I don't know why. Well, why did it end up happening?
1: Okay, so when this man was seven, he had a goldfish and he'd won it at the fair back in the day when you can do that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, you used to get it in the
0: bag. That's right. I remember bag. that? Yeah
1: stuck it in the bowl and he used to come home from school every day and he loved this fish and he came from quite a fractured background so for those people moving in and out of his house but this goldfish was the most constant thing that he had in his life and he loved it and one day he's at school and the fish dies and his mum thinking she's doing the right thing goes and flushes it down the loo and goes and gets him a replacement and everyone agrees that it's the right thing to do because they don't want to seem upset and that's what every seven. parent does yeah 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 but he comes home from school and immediately he knows that's not his fish now to everyone else it just looks like that you know all the fish look the same but he knows that's not his fish and he's saying well where's my fish what's this one doing here he's getting all upset which is what they were trying to avoid and the dad who's been at work all day is not very sympathetic put down his newspaper and said for goodness sake you were at school, all right. The fish died, your mother flushed you down the toilet. You know what women are like, you never know what they're up to when you're not there to keep your eye oh, on them.
0: Oh, I see. Yes, yeah, yeah. Went
1: back to papers, so you can guess what happens now.
0: So now he doesn't trust women. He doesn't trust any women. He thinks they're all going to flush his goldfish down the toilet.
1: Well, <laughs> when he gets old enough to have a girlfriend, they didn't have mobile phones then, but he'd be going through their pockets looking for evidence that were up to no good because everyone knows you never know what women are up to. Yeah, sure. When you're not there to. <laughs> eye on it so his dad so he believed everything his dad says literally must be true and he was in a state of shock so not only is the fish died it's been flushed on the toilet so that suggestion went straight into his subconscious and they and so yeah he didn't trust any woman so he got through three marriages and he was um, isn't, isn't it amazing
0: to, isn't that astonishing yeah, that he, one as suggestion as as yeah could problem. change your life one suggestion changed right. his
1: whole life yeah So, and that's the thing. It's because sometimes when you're in shock or you're upset, then you don't. You know, you you mistake what people mean, or you might take it wrongly. So, for instance, even an adult can really take offence at what somebody says about their pet. So they might say, for instance, you might have a friend just trying to be helpful and going, "Well, you can always get another dog." And it's not helpful. It really isn't helpful when somebody is, you know, breaking their heart to go, oh, you can just go and get another one. Because at the time, you feel nobody is going to, you know, no other animal re- will replace that cat or dog or go.
0: Pe- people are giving out to me now. They're sending in texts and WhatsApp. Somebody sent me in a picture of their guinea pigs.
1: I said, nah,
0: we love our guinea pigs as much as our dogs and cats. And they're nice little guinea pigs. They're odd looking things. The only thing I don't like about guinea pigs is the noises they make. That constantly, all the time, they're very irritating. Anyway, I'm sure sure you love your guinea pigs. But, But the other thing as well is, we've been talking in Ireland recently about changing legislation. And there was a suggestion that we should be offering, you know, compassionate leave for the death of a pet. But I suppose everybody goes, well, you know, what do you class as a pet? Is that just your dog or your cat? Or do you get time off if your goldfish dies or your hamster dies or your lizard dies? So it's kind of a bit of a grey area. Do you believe people should be given compassionate, you know, employers should be obliged by law to give compassionate leave for the death of a pet?
1: I think it's a difficult one because you will always get people that try it on but you will get people who genuinely are devastated and I can remember years and years ago before I became a hypnotherapist I worked in retail and there was a lady whose cat died and she'd had it for about 12 years and she had no children and she was absolutely breaking her heart and they made her come into work and the thing is she was no good to anybody. She couldn't serve the customer. She was crying all the time. So they would be better off letting her have the time off or at least letting her take some holiday leave because if somebody really is upset, what good are they gonna be at work? So there is different ways of looking at it. I mean, it is a difficult one because like I say, you will get people who perhaps take advantage, but you will also, you know, it will help a lot of people. Mm. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one, I think.
0: when would you recommend to somebody as a grief counselor that you get another dog? I remember many years ago, a friend of mine had a dog and he was so attached to it, and the dog died. He was devastated, and he was a good friend. He worked in one of the nightclubs with me, and I went out about four weeks later, and I saw a little puppy, and I said he'd love that. A friend of mine was getting rid of them, and um, they were either going to be put to sleep, I think probably, or you know, or just give them away. So I got him the little puppy and I brought it over to. Him. Now please don't get upset with me. But I said, I had to find a home for this dog. And I'm just wondering, did you want it? Oh, he got so angry with me and so annoyed with me. I thought I was doing the right thing. I completely did the wrong thing, obviously. So when is is the right time to get another dog or a cat to replace them, so to speak?
1: Well, it's different for everybody. So for instance, if you're the only person in the house and that cat or dog was your only company, you might want to get one sooner because what we do, we call it filling the space, not taking the place.
0: Oh, okay. So it's not that's, to that's, replace. That's a, that's a good line. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so it's not to replace the animal that died, but it's perhaps fill in the space. So it, or somebody who works from home and their animal's been around them all all the time, and then they're not there. Uh, so it depends, and the amount of clients I have that when they first speak to me because it's usually when things are very raw. And they said I'll never get another pet. I couldn't stand going through this again. I just can't do it again. And then I get a message a few weeks later, a few months later saying, oh, I know I said I wasn't gonna have one, but you know, my friend's got one similar to you. You know, I've got a friend who needs to rehome one. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll just go and look after them just for for a little bit and oh, he's lovely. You know, it's not the same as Fluffy or whoever, you know, whichever animal passed away. Um, but they end up keeping them. So it is different for everyone, but we, I do explain that it's not taking the place of the animal that dies. It's just filling the space. And they'll be different. there will be different personalities. Um, so, yeah, it is different for everybody. Yeah, I, I,
0: I spoke to a friend of mine today, and I was asked him you know, when he was going away on holidays, and he says, no, I don't go on holidays anymore. And as it went on, he says, because he went through a separation many years ago, and he said, because I've no one to mind the dog, and that's, his, mm-hmm. that's it, he says, she's the the dog is the only woman he trusts now, right? So he lives with the dog. And I said, would you not just put the dog in a dog hotel? And he says, no, I'm not giving the dog to somebody else to mind for two weeks. He says, no, I just won't go away. And he hasn't been away for a couple of years now because he will not leave the dog on its own. And people, yeah. are, people it's like a relationship.
1: Yeah, and you, you get that, with especially with older dogs.
0: Yeah, this um, is an older dog, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because they're worried something might happen or that they might become ill and that you know nobody else would understand them or that the animal might be a bit confused if they're not in their own environment. Um, so that is more common as the animal gets older.
0: Yeah, in that sense it's worse than a child because at least with a child you can give it to your sister. You know? <laughs> you know, but sometimes people don't trust anybody with their dog or their cat because they'd be afraid they'll let them out or something like that while they're away on holidays or they don't want to get bad news while they're on holidays. I mean, yeah. by the way, do many people sleep? We, we've done numerous topics about people sleeping with their pets and having the pets literally sleeping on their beds. That's kind of kind of, quite normal nowadays, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, loads of people say, oh, I'm not not going to let them on the bed. Yeah. One day in, they're up on the bed, you yeah, know, taking the, the whole bed.
0: Yeah, under the covers as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. But way, do, do you have many pets yourself?
1: Um, we, I had a cat that passed away, and I think we're going to look at getting some um, rescue um, cats. So we're just in the process of doing that now. Oh, okay.
0: By the way, has yeah. anybody accidentally killed Arrested. anybody accidentally killed their own pet? You know, you often hear about people. You know, they run over their own cat, or you know, they poison their own dog by mistake by giving them chocolate or something like that. Or has anybody yeah. ever? I mean, I'm sure that comes. Then not only do they have the grief, they have the guilt complex too.
1: Yeah, well guilt is the number one thing people talk to me about um, when they come to see me So, and it can be guilt over something that they couldn't help. So for instance, um, I had a man came to see me and he, it, this was a dog and it was an older dog and he'd taken this dog for numerous operations and procedures and he'd always gone into the, to the vets with him. And he always said, oh, you know, talk to the dog, it'll be fine, you, we'll be home soon. And the last time he went in with him, he knew that his dog wasn't com- going to come out. And he said, it, when he spoke to me, he said he couldn't get the image of the dog looking at him trustingly as he took him into the vet, even though I knew that he wasn't going to come out again. So he felt really guilty about that. But then I had um, a lady also with a dog that she her dog became ill at the very start of lockdown and a lot of the vets weren't open she had to hand her dog over in the car park and it was only meant to be for an operation but then she got a call to say you know it it's far worse than we thought what do you want us to do and she was on her own in the house and all the, there was none of the other family there and she had to make the decision to euthanize the dog and she felt really, really guilty because she was worried that the dog would have been looking for her.
0: And she couldn't um, even go and see so the bloody thing. No,
1: she couldn't. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that one felt guilty because they did go in. One felt guilty because they didn't go in. So guilt, you yeah. know, people think maybe I had too many procedures. Maybe I didn't have enough. Yeah. Maybe we should have gone on longer. What if they discover something next week that could have cured him? Oh. Or uh, yeah. they feel guilty because somebody left the gate open. Or they give it to the dog walker, and they wish they'd have chosen a different dog walker, or they blame the vet because you know perhaps if they'd have gone to a different vet, they would have had a miracle cure, and it's because they they're just de- so desperate you know because yeah. they wanted their animal to survive
0: yeah i know um, i i have a I had a friend who ran over his own um, cat, he reversed over his own cat.
1: Oh, I know God. I
0: shouldn't laugh but it was a nightmare at the time um, his wife wasn't too happy but he re- he reversed over the cat he didn't see the cat behind the car he wasn't expecting the cat to be asleep behind the wheel of the car you know no but, uh, yeah. No,
1: that's, it must have been hard of hearing I think the cat as well because usually as soon as the engine goes they,
0: yeah, they I, shoot off and by the way, that's actually a warning that's gone out in the news today here in Ireland's Hits Radio and other stations as well all day. That this time of the year with minus six degrees at the moment or between three and six, minus three and six degrees, that cats have a habit of hiding under the wheel arch of cars or in the engine bay of cars because there's a bit of heat. So mm. always just, you know, they're saying the news, just check, make sure there's no cats before you pull away. Oh. Yep.
1: Yeah, that'd be devastating, wouldn't it? Oh, there was um I've got a YouTube channel and under one of the videos, one of the ones about guilt, somebody had accidentally um locked their washing machine with a kitten inside and oh, they could no. see the kitten and they couldn't open the washing machine. So, um but I didn't speak to that person. That was just somebody that left a message under one of the videos. Oh, and no. I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Oh God.
0: Jesus that's horrendous. Yeah. Imagine imagine you to sit there and watch us.
1: Well, I think it, you think well, it's going around
0: break, and around, Zeki.
1: Break good. the door open, but it's too late.
0: No, well, you can, well, once once the programme starts, you can't open the door. Oh, that,
1: oh hello. I, I know,
0: but I think there is, as far as I know, there's an emergency thingy, isn't there, on all washing machines?
1: Um, I imagine, I, don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know. He was from America, this man, yeah, so yeah. I don't okay. know what sort of things wow. they have there That's terrible. or what they have, but... He managed to break the door open. that over here, I don't think you can do that from the front. But oh, no. he he had managed to do it. But it was too, you too know air and it, yeah. it, it was too late.
0: Yeah, the God. Yeah, well, look, I know. Julie, it's been wonderful talking to you. By the way, where's your YouTube channel? Can people go to your YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. So I've got a website, and all the links are on there. Okay. So that's the easiest way. So it's PetGriefExpert dot com and my contact details are on there and um, the the youtube channel and everything's on there so that that's an easy way so not everyone is ready for therapy or even wants therapy for it but the videos might help yeah um but also people get a free initial consultation a phone consultation if they just want to phone for a chat or something like that and see yeah. what it's about and see if it's for them that's fine but sometimes just the videos are enough yeah so okay well yeah. look if
0: anybody's looking for grief counseling and you've lost your pet, or you're looking for a bit of advice, or you just want to have a look at some of the videos, you know, to to see you get some free advice. You're quite welcome. Petgriefexpert.com. dot com. So it's petgriefexpert.com. dot com. And can they? Are you on Instagram or social media or anything? Uh,
1: I'm on, on Facebook and LinkedIn with the same um, okay. same ones. Um, um, and also I'm based in Saltburn, which is North East England. So Saltburn Mind Therapies as well, which is also links to it. That's okay. some of the other things that I do.
0: Well, listen, it's been nice talking to you. It's been wonderful talking to Julie. Thank you very much indeed. Very much. Now, Now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan.
1: Ireland's classic hits radio.